short and awesome. Here we go. Ready to make an impact. That's the title of the message. Turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16. Love this verse. What I didn't want to do today is uh, I didn't want to take today and preach about generosity and giving. Uh, We talk a lot about generosity every week. Instead, what I want to do is give you the vision of what I believe we as a church and you as individuals and families are called to actually do and be. And it's coming out of the Sermon on the Mount. One of the most famous messages that Jesus was giving to his disciples and then a crowd forms around it. The entire Sermon on the Mount message is about the kingdom and it's dual meaning. It's the kingdom for eternity, but it's also how do we actually live out life here? And that's what I love about this passage. What this passage is showing us is how do we actually implement being a Christ follower, and Jesus uses a great metaphor. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. He says, you are the light of the world. Look at somebody next to you and say, he's talking about you. Come on. Talking about you. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. One of the earliest memories of a song I learned in church was this little light of mine. How many know that song? Come on. This little light. No, we're not going to sing it. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine. Won't let Satan. What you got to do? It's post-COVID. You're allowed to breathe in the room now, okay? All right. That's one of the earliest Memories I have of singing a song, all the motions, all the actions, but it's true, isn't it? It's a true song. That little kid song is so true. It's so powerful. Why would we hide the light we have? Why would we hide it? Why would we allow Satan to eliminate it? In verse 16, it says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see, now watch this, may see what? Your good works. It's very interesting, isn't it? They may see your good works. So they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is heaven. This is what I'm saying. Listen, listen. the, the whole reason of, of why we are trying to do what we do is to reflect what Jesus just said of who we should be. Real quick, here we go. Number one, about being the light. Let's talk about being the light. I'm going to give us a few practical things in each one of these. The first one, being the light. The first practical thing is this, is we have to embrace our identity in Christ. If you and I are going to be the light, whose light are we trying to be? We're trying to be the light of Jesus. We're trying to be the identity in Christ. Not our own light, not our own glory, but for the honor of Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is past, behold, the new has come. So if we're new creations in Christ, then how many know we're called to live differently? And I believe that's what it's referring to, that, that if you and I are, are going to be this city on a hill. So, so the metaphor is real simple, right? Uh, as a church, we want to be a beacon of light and a beacon of hope and a beacon of grace to our community. This is why we're building activity fields. This is why we have beautiful facilities. It's why we have two campuses. It's why we have an online campus. Why? So that we can be a beacon of that light to our community. But what did it say? It said, you are the lights. So it's not just the church. It's not just crossroads. It's you and it's your family. So when you think of it that way, how does you and your family reflect the light of Jesus just to your neighbor? Let's just start there. 
How are you reflecting the light of Christ in your school and in your workplace, in your community? How are we embracing the identity of Christ? Because it should cause us to live different. If you and I are living the same way as the world lives, how are we also reflecting the identity of Christ? We can't. If we're going to reflect Christ, it's going to be different. And that's okay. Because here's what it leads to. It leads to standing out in the darkness. While this world right now, we talk about it often, and it's so true, this world right now is proceedingly more and more heading towards darkness. Like We see that. You turn the news on, you open social media, you talk to neighbors, you see the school conditions in our own communities. Everything points to everything getting darker and darker and darker. Can we all agree on that? But here's the beautiful thing. Then there's you. And, and you and I, I actually get excited about this because you and I, as dark as the world is getting, the darker things get, how many of you know the brighter Christ through you is going to shine? And that's the, that's the goal that we're going to stand out in the darkness. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Don't be the same as the rest of this world. It's okay to stand out in the middle of the darkness. There should be contrast to the darkness all around us. We should resist conforming to the world and allow just that light of Christ. Now, now that doesn't mean we have to stand out in ignorance or in fighting or in anger. It just means what happens if Jesus is living in you and you're just living your life for him in whatever field you're in, whatever neighborhood you're in, whatever complex you live in, and you're just living you, but you're living Christ in you. What's going to happen is you're going to be that light. You're going to be that beacon of hope. You're going to be that Jesus that somebody might not see elsewhere, but they're going to see him in and through you. What an opportunity we have to be the light. The second thing is this, is now we got to let our light shine. So it's one thing to actually be the light. It's one thing to have light, but it's another thing to actually let it shine, to not hide it. And, you know, we've, we've all seen it. I'm sure we've done it at times ourselves. We have this, this light of Christ in our life, but we get put into an environment where maybe we want to hide that light a little bit. Maybe we want to just damper it down a little so that we fit into the work environment better, so we fit into the culture a little better. And I get it, right? There's a constant pull on all that because the constant pull is, is offending and not offending. It's trying to love people and show grace, but also holding on to the truth, right? It's, it's, it's not as easy as we say, I get that. In real context, this is hard to do, but we're still called to do this. So how do we let our light shine? Well, this passage we just read gave us two ways to let your light shine. And I, I love these two ways because they're so easy and practical. The first one is this, is just simply live a life of good works. Did, did it not say that? It said, let your good works be seen. Living a life of good works. But the difference is living a life of good works so that people see Jesus in you. That's the difference, right? Because let's face it, there's a lot of great organizations in this world that are not Christian, they're not following God, and they're giving millions and billions of dollars to help the world, which is fine and it's great. But can we also not do both? Can we also not help our neighbor as well as pointing them to Jesus at the same time? And so we got to let our light shine through the works we do. In James 2.17, it says it this way. It says, so also faith by itself, if it does not have what works, it says it's dead. That one way of saying it is, don't tell me you follow Jesus. Show me you follow Jesus. 
Now let's back up a little bit to make sure we're teaching good doctrine and theology. You are not saved by your works. Can I hear a big amen from people who are grateful? You're not saved by your good works. That is false teaching. That is false doctrine. And if anybody tells you that if you would just give more money or serve harder or do more works, then you'll be in heaven, run as fast as you can away from them. Because my Jesus tells me that salvation was a free gift. And it was a gift of grace. And I am so grateful that it is not up to me by how good I am or how many good things I do that God's not up there keeping score and going, okay, you finally hit the mark. You finally helped enough people. You are now in heaven. There's a lot of people who believe that. It's terrible. It's awful. You're not saved by your good works. However, you are also saved to do good works. And I hear a to that. So you're not saved by your works, but you are definitely saved to do good works. Definitely saved to do good works. So our faith should spur us into action. You can't just say you love Jesus and not show your neighbor you love Jesus. You can't say you love Jesus and walk past a community that is broken and hurting and not even care and do anything about it. We've got to do something about it. And the way that we let our light shine is not only doing good things, but also pointing other people to God. That is the heartbeat behind it. It's a mixture of the two, right? What he said in Matthew 5 was a city on a hill. He talks about that. Then he says to do good things so that, why? People will see God through your actions. That's the whole heartbeat behind it. In 1 Peter 2.12, it says, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of his visitation. In other words, people are going to talk all they want to talk about who you are, but you can't deny the good things that you're doing. And may they point people to Jesus. Our good works, our actions, the way we live our life should be a testimony of our faith to Christ. That's what it should be. Directing other people to God. When we do things as individuals, as people, are we doing them just so people see us? Or are we doing them in hopes that they're going to get a glimpse of Jesus? And that's what we got to try to do. We want to do good things. We want to transform our area. We want to do as much good as possible. But it's also because we want to point people to Jesus. C.S. Lewis says it this way. He says, don't shine so others see you. Shine so that through you, others can see him. And here's what I love about it. Let's talk about even more practical now. How do we actually do this? The third and final thing I want to say is this. How do we love our zip code? And when I say zip code, your community, your school, your neighborhood, not all of us live right here in this same zip code. We're from all over the triangle. Those of you watching online, you're, you could be literally from all over the world. So how do you love your community? Because again, a city on a hill is not just Crossroads Fellowship, the church institution. We're certainly going to do what we can and use what God gave us to be that and do that in our community here, Wake Forest, online, wherever you are. But now let's take it to you. What about you? Where do you live? Where do you work? Where do you go to school? Where do you hang out? Where do you shop? Who is your neighbor? Because that's also being a city on a hill. You are the city on the hill. So don't, don't sit there and think, well, that's great that our church is doing this. That's awesome. And we hope you're part of that and volunteer and serve. But we also hope that you feel, just like I do, I feel the burden of my zip code. I feel the burden of where my kids went to school, of my neighborhood, 
I love this church. I love the surrounding area around this church. And I'm going to do everything I can to reach the neighbors across the street through this church. But I also leave this church, and my zip code is 27587. I live up in Heritage. That's where I live. And I have a community there, neighbors, friends, people that are far from God. And I want to do anything I can do to reach my neighborhood, my neighborhood, to reach the people that live around me. That's why my wife and I got so involved in the high school. It wasn't as a pastor. It was as a dad. I got involved with my kids and sports. That was our channel. Because I was just a dad. I just volunteered and served. Because it was my community. And I want my community to know Jesus. And that's how we let our light shine. So certainly through the church and the triangle, we say we want to transform the triangle. That's great. And I mean that when I say that. But I also pray that you will feel the burden of just where you are as well. Your neighborhood, your school, your workplace. So how do we do this? A couple ways to love our community well. Practical one, you got to know your neighbors. There's no way around that. You're not going to reach your neighbors if you don't even know their name. You got to reach your neighbors, your classmates, your coworkers. In Galatians 6.10 it says, so then we have an opportunity. Let us do good to who? Everyone. Everyone. And everyone means, yeah, that means that neighbor. It means that coworker. It means that classmate. It means the person that when you're walking the dog around the neighborhood and you go to the other side of the street to avoid, that's everyone. That's that person too. We're called to reach them. We have to seek out opportunities to serve well in our community. Erwin Manna says this is the church does not exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world. So the church on Sunday morning is beautiful and it's wonderful and I'm glad we're here. But this is all we do. What do we do on Monday through Saturday? Monday through Saturday, we have to take whatever it is the Lord has given us and go and serve our local needs. That's the next one. Serve the local need. Find a need and fill it. 1 John 3.18 is a beautiful verse. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. Again, don't tell me you love Jesus. Show me you love Jesus. Don't tell me that you're a Christian. Show me that you're a Christian. Find a need in your community. Just start serving that need. Just find a way just to express. And, I, and sometimes it's so small. Please don't ever overlook the small things. Can I hear amen to that? Don't think you have to put on a big old block party twice a year in order to reach you. No. Just, just do small things. Just find something unique and small that you can just do. Just fill a need. Fill a need. And by doing that, perhaps people will see Jesus through you. The next one is this. I'm going to steal again. I'm going to steal Pastor Lee's phrasing. But you have to find your people. What I love about that is please don't do this alone. Don't do this alone. Find a small group in your community to be a part of. Find a Bible study or a fellowship group of some sort or a serve team that you're on. Just find a place where you are getting encouraged as well. Because back to that little kid song about letting your light shine, it's also very true that the enemy would love nothing more than to blow that light out. The enemy would love, boy, and the easiest way for the enemy to blow that light out is for you just to be all alone and feel discouraged and feel defeated. It's easy for the enemy to just come up and just, there you go. Some people are just one discouragement away from giving up. And it's hard to give up when you got people, though. Find your people. Get back to what the early church looked like, which they'd gather together like this on a 
on a worship service. And then guess what they did? They went and did life with each other. They went, they met in each other's homes, they prayed, they fellowshiped, they ate. They went to their jobs, miracles were happening, people were coming to know Jesus. That's, that's the early church model. But it's because they had each other. Don't do this alone. If you feel alone, or if you feel like you need some help in this, let us know. Let us know how to help you connect. It might be on a team somewhere, maybe it's in a small group, whatever it is. Just don't feel like you're by yourself. And the last one is this. And this is how we're going to end and, and move into our final time. The most important one of all is to pray. Let us never forget that all of this is spiritual at the same time. It's not just material needs and material goods. At the end of the day, it's spiritual. At the end of the day, prayer is the most powerful thing that you and I have to not only keep us connected to God, but also to ask God for what to even do and how to even do this. Don't just leave here with a a list of good ideas you think you have on how to reach the community. That's fine. But what if you took that list and also presented it before the Lord and says, God, how do you want me to reach my community? What can I do? What is it that I can do to reach that neighbor or a coworker? How can I let the light of Jesus shine through me? God, speak to me. Tell me how to do that. In Colossians 4, 2, it says, continue steadfast in prayer, being watchful in prayer, and also with thanksgiving. There's three components to Colossians 4, 2, real quickly. We don't get time to dive into it. The first one is pray constantly. The second one is as you pray, also be watchful and mindful of what the enemy is trying to do. And the third part is as you're doing all that, worship at the same time as well. And guess what? You can do all three. You can do all three at the same time. You can pray, you can keep a watchful eye, and you can worship. And there's something powerful about that spiritual connection we get from God. And out of those moments, I believe, spur those ideas spur that passion, that conviction even. So here's the conclusion. Every one of us here is called to make a difference. Everyone, you are called to make an impact. Everyone here has the opportunity to be that light on a city of a hill in the middle of darkness. Every one of us. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter how much you understand about theology or doctrine. It doesn't matter. What matters is are you willing to be a light on a city of a hill? That's what matters. And every one of us can do something. Every single one of us can do something. And sometimes it's small. Sometimes it's big. Sometimes it's anonymous. Sometimes people know. The bottom line is each small act of love, each act of service contributes to the greater. Think of it that way. Because as each one of us leave here today and go and seek the Lord to do and to be, every one of us is doing that. It's not just up to you. We're all doing this together. And as we're doing this together, there's an increase of that happening in the triangle. We're not just any light, by the way. We're not just any light. We're not just out doing good things to do good things. We are the light of the world through Christ. Jesus says that through you, he is the light of the world that is shining through you. So it's not just go do good stuff and hope. No, it's let's do good stuff and be Jesus with skin on to somebody. Let's allow people to see Christ through us. Let's make sure that it shines so bright that people can't help but see God through us. You know, the darker this world gets, the brighter, I'm telling you, the brighter Jesus' light is going to shine. The brighter it's going to shine. Just don't get discouraged. Don't, don't cover it up. Don't hide it. Don't allow the enemy to blow it out. 
But instead, let's commit to this. Let's commit to loving our community. Let's commit to living a life of being the light in the world. Let's be that city on a hill, not just as a church, but also as individuals. So with that, would you stand to your feet with me this morning? And, and um, we're going to put this into practice. We have time this morning. And I, I love that the way that we do our service, that we, we talk and then we do something. So this is what we're going to do together. Uh, first of all, I, I hope this morning, if I don't get a chance to say this and talk to you after, I hope you feel encouraged. I hope you feel informed about where we're heading and what we're doing. I hope you feel inspired. But at the heart of it, what I hope the most is that in the best way possible, you also feel the weight of responsibility. You feel the responsibility that I feel, that our team feels, I know many of you already feel, which is you and I got a job to do. You got a job to do. And you're not alone because whether you got actual people around you or not, you got the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. And you got that light of Christ inside of you. And sometimes the smallest things you do, sometimes that shines the brightest light. The issue is let's let the light shine. So as we close this morning, the team is going to lead us in a very powerful song. And, and what I don't, want, I don't want you just to stand there and sing, by the way. What I want you to do, and this is how we're going to close, I want you to pray for your community. Let's just fill this room and pray for your community. Pray for your neighbors, where you work, where you go to school, where you shop. Pray specifically for your community. And let's just allow during this time Let's allow God to give us that passion to let that light shine in our communities. And if we do that together, together, imagine what we can do in Raleigh. Imagine what we can do. Imagine the lives that are going to change and impact it just because a bunch of us individually leave here and just allow Jesus to shine through us.